from the world famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Sean Kelly, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, yeah. and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly. How goes the Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report? Hope this finds you well. Hope it finds you warm. Greetings from Miami, everybody. Sean Kelly with you here today. The Pelicans finally made it to uh, South Florida to wrap up this road trip against the Miami Heat tonight. But, boy, everything else has been frigid around the country, and it certainly affected the Pelicans' travel plans, which I'll uh, share with you here in just a moment. But uh, even back in New Orleans, we're told that it is uh, frosty, frosty today on this uh, Tuesday. But, again, we hope this finds you well. And, yes, we are in Miami, Florida for today's Black and Blue Report as the Pelicans wrap up their Long road trip here against the Miami Heat, one that uh, perhaps uh, presented one of the toughest days of travel that I've had in my career yesterday uh, as the Pelicans were trying to get away from Indianapolis after a game on Saturday night. Yes, it took us until late last night to get to Miami from Indianapolis thanks to the uh, polar vortex (laughs) that they called it and a large snowstorm that gripped Indianapolis. Travel-wise yesterday, it got real interesting because, well, I should back up. First, the Pelicans stayed after uh, Indianapolis uh, on Saturday night after their game against the Pacers and then were scheduled to leave at 5 o'clock Eastern time on Sunday afternoon. Well, when the uh, blizzard started, they started getting an inch an hour uh, earlier than expected on Sunday morning. So the Pelicans and uh, their charter service and everything else decided let's move up the departure to uh, I think it was around 1 o'clock on on Sunday afternoon. Might have been a little bit earlier than that. Nonetheless, the Pelicans uh, made it to the airport. They got the plane de-iced. Uh, they got to the runway. It started snowing even harder. They couldn't get it plowed away fast enough. So in that amount of time, the ice uh, on the plane accumulated again. They went back, de-iced a second time. And at that point, then they shut everything down. And the Pelicans were forced to stay in Indianapolis on Sunday. So after uh, sitting on the tarmac for over two and a half hours on Sunday, it was back to the team hotel in Indy. Stay Sunday night. Uh, with everything shut down in Indianapolis on Sunday night, and then get up early on Monday morning and try to begin the process all over again. Originally, the Pelicans were scheduled to leave Indianapolis at about 8.30 on Monday morning. That got pushed back until 11. The uh, Pelicans loaded their equipment truck. The team buses headed off to the airport and got to the airport about 11.30. Uh, Actually fared pretty well on the roads in uh, central Indiana, but then the, uh, the grind began. And uh, after a lot of different mechanical issues and ice and snow removal and everything else, uh, the Pelicans did not take off until after 8 o'clock Eastern last night. So in all, about nine hours uh, in the airport uh, bonding as a team yesterday before finally reaching South Florida after 11 p.m. Eastern time uh, last night. So that is kind of the end of the travel issue for uh, New Orleans. I don't anticipate any problems as they head home tonight after what we hope is a win over the Miami Heat. This uh, ball game tonight uh, is the end of a stretch where the Pelicans have played 10 of their last 12 on the road. Now, this also starts a, uh, a stretch of games that come quickly in succession here for New Orleans, including a home game tomorrow night. But just to finally re- reach the end of this uh, 
this road stretch that dates back to mid-December uh, is an accomplishment in itself. Unfortunately, we have tough injury news to tell you about this morning. If you haven't heard already, uh, you'll be the first to know here on the Black and Blue Report, and that is uh, Ryan Anderson has a herniated disc in his neck. This is as a result of the collision that he had with Gerald Wallace in the Boston game this past Friday. So Anderson is out indefinitely. The Pelicans lose their leading score. They lose their starting stretch four or their most productive piece off the bench next to Tyreek Evans. And the uh, Pelicans have been 3-10 and ten in games this season that Anderson has not played. This is a huge blow to a New Orleans team that cannot seem to find a break um, when it comes to injuries. And so for another long period of time, it seems here now, the Pelicans won't be at full strength and we won't get to see this team at full throat. So tough news today. Uh, my heart breaks for Ryan. He had been uh, so keyed up to make a, another big jump this season, and he was already in the process of doing that. And um, my heart breaks a little bit, too, for Monty Williams. Now, he'll tell me that this is, uh, this is not something to have your heart broken over, but here's a Pelicans head coach that has really, since before, even before the, the, the Chris Paul and David West departure from the Pelicans, have never been at full strength. And so that's hard to, uh, that's hard to put together. Uh, any kind of a run. So we'll see how this goes. Uh, this team has proved to be uh, pretty tough and resilient, uh, and we'll see how they fare without Ryan Anderson over a long haul here, and hopefully we'll get Jason Smith back here soon enough. But again, the game tonight is 15 and 17 New Orleans against 26 and 8 Miami. The Heat have won four in a row in this series, but uh, the Pelicans lead the overall series 38 to 36, dating back to when these two teams came into the NBA at the uh, same time. When it gets late tonight in the game, keep your eye on the scoreboard. We'll be looking for the number 95 from the Pelicans this year when uh, failing to reach 95 points, they're 0-7. So we'll look for a high-scoring game on New Orleans' side, and hopefully uh, the Pelicans pull, can pull the upset, end this road trip on a winning note, and come home to face the Wizards tomorrow. All right, so that's what we've got on the Pelicans' front. We'll also preview uh, tonight's Pelicans game from the Miami side of things with Michael Wallace from ESPN.com on today's Black and Blue Report. And, of course, we'll talk Saints. I know I've been uh, talking away at you about how things have been going for the Pelicans, but the Saints are on the minds, of course, with the playoff game at Seattle this weekend. Yesterday was the quiet day for the Saints, and while it's Tuesday for you and me today, it's really Wednesday for the Saints in their preparation for Saturday's game. So a very, very busy day over on Airline Drive at the Saints facility. We should hear from quarterback Drew Brees today. Sean Payton will be uh, back in front of the microphone. And uh, John DeShazer and the gang uh, on the NewOrleansSaints.com site will be into uh, the Saints locker room today, uh, gaining plenty of coverage for you that you'll find later today on NewOrleansSaints.com and we'll bring back your way for tomorrow's Black and Blue Report. Even though it was quiet yesterday um, and we're coming to you from Miami today, that doesn't mean we're not going to talk Saints football in some way today on the Black and Blue Report. We're just going to do it a little bit differently. And we brought in a heavy hitter for you. That's uh, Hoda Kotb. Uh, she's from NBC's Today Show, as you know, and a WWL-TV alum and a diehard New Orleans Saints fan. So we want to talk to her about that, about where things are going with her career right now. And uh, we may even hit her up for a prediction um, all the way from New York about what she feels uh, Saturday will look like for the New Orleans Saints. So we're very excited to have Hoda Kotb with us. Michael Wallace, too. We'll even throw in a little college football a bit later on. So from Miami, Florida this morning, we thank you for joining us here on the Black and Blue Report. We'll get you set for Pelicans in heat tonight. But up next, we'll turn our attention to the Saints and do so with Photocopy.
NBA All-Star 2014 is coming to New Orleans with an exciting lineup. The BBVA Compass Rising Stars challenges your ticket to see the NBA's newest stars. On Friday, February 14th, the New Orleans Arena will play host as the rookies and sophomores team up to battle for bragging rights and make a name for themselves in the Big Easy. Tickets are on sale now through NBAevents.com for as low as $10. BBVA Compass Rising Stars Challenge. Your ticket to see the NBA's newest stars. Are you ready for health care reform? At Blue Cross, we're ready to help. Learn all you can about health care reform at bcbsla.com slash reform. Here you'll find information on tax credits, health insurance options, answers to frequently asked questions, and a handy checklist to help you prepare. Visit us today at bcbsla.com slash reform and get ready. Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Louisiana is an independent licensee of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association and is incorporated as Louisiana Health Service and Indemnity Company. Our next guest here on the Black and Blue Report comes to us from New York City, but many of you know her from her time in New Orleans. That's Hoda Kotb, and we wanted to talk Saints football in a much different way today. We have so many Saints fans across the country, uh, whether it's because they've just fallen in love with the black and gold or they truly spent enough time in New Orleans to appreciate what the Saints mean to the city. And Hoda Kotb certainly uh, falls into that category. Hoda, good morning on this Tuesday. I know you're excited about Saturday's football game. I can't. I wish. Yeah. You know what I wish? I wish that tomorrow were Saturday. I mean, that's the. Oh, that's my. Oh, that would be a dream come true. I cannot wait for this game to get here. I am totally busting. So many people remember you from your time at WWL TV back in the '90s. Um, you've been all over the world, Hoda, but yet you still consider yourself a New Orleanian, and this love for the Saints is uh, still strong for you. I think New Orleans is one of those places, and it, it'll, it'll, it'll be with me. It's like a love affair that I'll have for the rest of my life. It's sort of like when the city hurts, you hurt. And when the city celebrates, you celebrate. And I remember so clearly that year we won the Super Bowl, and I remember I was on the field because I was covering it for NBC. And I remember thinking this may be one of, one of the best moments on earth because the entire nation saw us on our knees through a hurricane, and then the entire nation got to watch us elevated to the highest point possible right there, you know, on the national stage. And I thought it was just picture perfect. And I think, you know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. And, I mean, and it's funny. I walk around in Manhattan and people are like, hey, go Saints. I'm like, all right. They're like, there are tons of New Orleans Saints fans here, too. Hold on. The year with her uh... – Partner Kathy Lee Gifford on the Today Show. She's a, uh, also a best-selling author, a cancer survivor, uh, and uh, and also a, an alum of Virginia Tech. You know, Hoda, when you look back on your time in New Orleans, what sticks out most other than your time with Karen Swenson? Karen is my best friend in the world, and I left I left that beautiful city with with a with a great best friend and, and memories that last a lifetime. Everything stands out. That the apartment I used to live in at the corner of Charters and Governor Nichols, with that little wraparound balcony. When I go back, I still walk by by that that spot because I love it. I mean, even you know some some touristy things I miss too. I mean, basics, even like Pat O'Brien's. Like it's so funny the things that that stick with you that you miss. A dinner at Irene's. Um, in the quarter, I miss. I miss getting hugged by strangers. You know, I miss. Um, I miss everything. I miss, and I, you know, I miss it uh, every single day. And I think, you know, New Orleans is a very, very special place to me. And and I'm lucky enough to have found 
that city because I can't imagine my life if it weren't in it. You know, it's I, I just never pictured a love affair with a city before until I moved to New Orleans, never. You're passionate about the Saints, and your partner uh, is married into football on the Today Show. Right, tell me about the offer conversations regarding the NFL between yourself and Kathy Lee Gifford. Kathy Lee, we, okay, Kathy Lee and Frank both, and I love Frank, Frank a lot. And, look, Kathy Lee is a Giants fan, obviously, and we'd like to say one thing about the Giants this year. So sad. I mean, you know, you can't have everything. We love Eli because Eli's connected with us. And, you know, Frank's gotten past that. He just, you know, he watches it and enjoys the game. So I'm going to try my hardest to get her on the Saints bandwagon before this is all said and done. She's inching ever closer, okay? And it'll just take, you know, if when we beat Seattle – and we continue to move on, I promise you at some point I will have Kathy Lee Gifford in the Saints jersey, even if it kills me. I love the way you think. Hoda Copy with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Uh, Hoda, do you get to see all the games? Are you, are you dialed in every weekend? I try my best. You know how it is. You live in another city and they show your regional games, so you'll see the Giants or you'll see the Jets. So often, you know, the way it works here, you know, you just go to a sports bar and they have every single area carved out. And I have to tell you, it's funny, I feel this way in a sports bar, whether or not New Orleans fans are wearing their colors, or if I go to the airport, like I promise you, I could pick which terminal is going to New Orleans just based on looking at the terminal. Because there are people who are, they're always, there's always laughter, and I don't care if it's a delayed flight, there's always someone telling a story, there's always someone eating something good, like... It's, it's easy to point out. And so the way I watch games here is, look, I, I like to be – I like to have a couple of friends over and watch it in my apartment because, you know, I like to go a little crazy. But going to a bar is, is my second favorite thing. And it's fun to be around other people who are wearing the black and gold and, um, and feel it, really feel it. You know, they're not just jumping on at the last minute. Hoda, do you wear anything special for game day? Is there like a lucky jersey or a scarf or anything that you'll – that you'll have with you on Saturday? You know, it's funny. Karen and I used to, each, each of us would wear uh, this charm necklace that we would switch off back and forth because it gave us good luck, and that was always kind of our tradition. And it's funny you bring that up because I remember that so clearly, us sitting in a bar in New Orleans rubbing those uh, charms because, you know, you always think that somehow you have something to do with it. Um, you know, now I just, I, I mean, I, I have, you know, black and gold running through me, so I, I figure that that ought to do it. And it's just, you know, every time's a nail-biter, and, and we've had Drew Brees on our show uh, a couple of times, Drew and his wife, Brittany. And um, when he walks in, I have to tell you, I have such a, I'm so proud, number one, because he's a great athlete and a great rep for New Orleans. Number two, because he's such a gentleman. And I don't even know if he'd remember this, but there was one of our, our floor directors was talking to Drew and having a conversation with him. And she, you know, she was just telling him where he was going to sit and just chatting and talking, talking to him. And Kim Kardashian happened to be there. And Kim Kardashian wanted to meet Drew. So she walks up and she's standing there like in his eye line right next to the, the, the girl from the floor, the floor director. Drew never takes his eyes off the girl, the floor director. Most guys would have said, oh, hey, Kim Kardashian, and, like, run over there and whatever. He waited until she was done. He hugged her. He did all this. And then he said, oh, hi. And then he turned to Kim Kardashian, just the next person. He is a guy full of integrity, a guy full of class, 
a guy full of family, the kind of guy you want your son to grow up to be, the kind of guy you want your daughter to marry, the kind of guy you, you know, you wish you would have met in your life. You know, he's that guy. So it's fun when he, when he comes to the city because everyone gets to see just what a class act he is. Hoda Conby from NBC's Today is our guest here on the Black and Blue Report. Hoda, that, that part of your job fascinates me. In one segment, you're interviewing a guy like Drew Brees, and in the next, it's Kim Kardashian. Um, I'm always fascinated by people and their interviewing skills. Is that, is that the best part of your job, that at one minute it can be a yoga instructor and the next it could be the leader of a, of a country across the globe? Yeah, we, we, you do get a little whiplash when you're doing the show. We had Donald Rumsfeld on uh, one day, and then I think, I'm not sure who was after him, but it was one of those you know, how you can lose 10 pounds in 10 minutes kind of stories. And then, you know, and then you, you flip back and forth. Someone wrote a book on how you can change your life in 30 minutes, and someone's telling you what the best wine is, you know, all within the course of an hour. And I have to tell you, I mean, you know, because you do, a, you do tons and tons of interviews, there's something just so fun about it because it reminds us that we're all not all of one thing. Like, you're not all the way serious, and you're not all the way goofy. You're not all the way one or the other. We're all multifaceted. And it's kind of fun to try to draw out different parts of people. When you interview Donald Rumsfeld, it's interesting to know something about him that people might not know. Step away from policy for a second and ask about other things, things he enjoys doing, what he does when, when he finds himself with free time on a Saturday morning, you know, whatever it is. And it's all it's also fun on the, on the flip side to, to speak with people who um, – who you'd expect them to be nothing but a goofball, and then you, you learn such interesting life lessons from them. And I love it. i got to say, you know, I wasn't, i got to be honest, I wasn't sure when I started doing this show with Kathy Lee. I thought, oh, my God, I'm going from hard news to laughing and scratching and drinking wine, for God's sake, you know, on the air. Like, it just seemed wild. And at the end of the day, it turned out to be one of the best decisions I've ever, I've ever made in my life. And I think sometimes when you're on the edge about something and you're not sure – you should just, you know, jump off the mountain and, and, and see what happens because something great might happen. You know, you can stand on the, on the ledge and, and wonder, think, God, what would have happened if I would have tried that? Or you just try it. You know, and I, I feel like that I've, I've gotten some, you know, I've had some really lucky uh, breaks and stuff and, and great people, you know, who've been helping me. And you, you wind up in a place and you say, wow, I, I feel really lucky to be here. Hoda, in light of what you said and in light of the material that you've written on in your two in your two books, why do you think something on the surface as trivial as the NFL or the New Orleans Saints seems to bind not only a city like New Orleans but us as a country when you look at the power and the uh, pervasiveness of the NFL? I think because it's because you know anything can happen in life, and I think when you watch an, an unlikely team, you know make it all the way to the end, you, you think to yourself, wow, if they can do that, maybe I can do this. Or you watch guys who are out of gas, totally exhausted, and you think that there's not one more ounce of energy in them, and somehow at the end of the fourth quarter they find that reserve tank that we all know we have somewhere when we, when we're completely, when we feel completely lost. Or you see the cocky, arrogant team that should be winning everything, beating their chests, and suddenly two bad plays later, it's over and they're out. And I think, it, to me, I've always thought sports is just full of, of life lessons for people. And it's full of, of, um, of dreams for, for people who, are, who, who wonder, you know, if, if something is possible, if, if that's possible. I mean, when the Saints won the Super Bowl, we all knew that we went from the Aints to Super Bowl champs. And, it, it, you know, it's America. Things are possible. Everything can change. And it's, 
it's uplifting. It's amazing. It joins us together. And, you know, I mean, I'm depressed when we lose. Like, I feel like I'm depressed. I get, I get Blue Monday. I get the whole thing. And I'm, uh, and I'm so excited when we win. And I, I just feel like there's something that is so unique about the game, and especially when you look at the record numbers of people who watch this weekend. I mean, it, it shows that even in the most watched sport in the country, it's still growing. Which is just, which is just so surprising to me that how how huge those numbers are on a Saturday afternoon or a Saturday early evening or a Sunday night. I mean, it, it just shows that it's the it's the one place we can all sit around and forget our differences, forget our politics, forget everything, and and uh, you know, and all get on the same get on the same page. Uh, well, it is amazing. I think the Saints game in New Orleans last weekend got like a fifty-five share plus. So are you uh, kidding me? No, I'm not. It, oh. It's it, it's insane. Um, I, I will have all these NFL experts on all week, Hoda, and they're going to give me their analysis or their breakdown or their prediction of Saturday's matchup with Seattle. So I would like to extend you the same courtesy. I'm curious as to what your your football um, get into the numbers or your or your thought about schemes go for New Orleans at Seattle on Saturday. Okay, here's what's going to happen because all the guys here on my uh, who work on the show for some weird reason, not all of them, I shouldn't say. There are several of them who believe that Seattle's going to win. And I already have bets going with two of them, okay? So what I think is going to happen is it's going to be the Saints by one touchdown, by seven. That's going to be the final score. I don't know why I think that. There's no science behind it. It's just knowing what you know. And, you know, I'm going to, with these two guys, either, you know, I I have a feeling that I'm going to be taken out to dinner twice. Because that's what that's what the bet is with these two. So um, I'm going with the Saints, seven points over Seattle in Seattle. So there. I love it. A Saints win and two free dinners for you. This is perfect. Yeah, baby, let's do it. One one more thing before I let you go, uh-huh. Hoda Kotb. Um, with regard to Karen Swenson or Jim Henderson or Eric Paulson or, or any other old, old WWL friends, is there any Angela, dirt that you yeah. need to lay out before we get going? Any what I need to lay out? Any dirt. dirt on those uh, folks at WWL that you need to lay out for me here before you get you know out of here? What? You're good. Okay, you're really good. You are really good. The only thing I can say is, man, I miss them. I miss Karen so much. I miss Angela. I miss Haas. I miss Henderson. I miss I miss all of them. I miss Dennis. I miss them all. And, um, you know, look, in your lifetime you get to work with greats. And um, I've always felt like working in New Orleans – was the best education I could have ever gotten in my life because I worked with anchors and reporters in New Orleans who are the best I've ever worked with, even to this day. And they, you know, they made a choice to stay in a great city, and I think it's so cool, but, but I, all I can say is I miss them a lot. Born in Oklahoma, raised in West Virginia, Egypt too, and now a resident of Manhattan. Are you okay if I still call you a New Orleanian, though? Uh, that's all I ever will be. Excellent. Hoda Kotby, this has been a real pleasure. I hope that you enjoy the football this weekend, and I hope that your football uh, watching continues all the way into February, if that's okay. Me too. Hey, the Super Bowl's here, so get ready. Pack up the Winnebago's. Let's go. Who dat, Hoda? All right, you too. <laughs> Bye, babe. Thank you. Hoda Kotby from the Today Show on NBC, our guest, a very special one on today's Black and Blue Report. We'll turn our attention to the Pelicans and the Miami Heat coming up next. You've just been told you have a serious heart issue. Congestive heart failure, a valve problem, a complex rhythm disorder. Now what? At Auctioner, we suggest you take a moment and do some research. 
When you do, you'll find Auctioner Medical Center as the only heart program in the region ranked among the nation's best by U.S. News & World Report. We routinely treat the most complex cases with revolutionary procedures such as surgical and non-surgical valve replacements and the total artificial heart. And we have the largest, most comprehensive program for treating arrhythmias in the Gulf South, offering options not available elsewhere in the region. At the end of the day, the most important thing to hear is... I just saw your test results, and they look great. No problems. Leading Edge Care. Just one more reason to choose an Auctioner-affiliated physician. For an appointment, visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Our report this morning coming to you from Miami, Florida, where it is uh, unseasonably cool, but uh, certainly an improvement for the Pelicans as they finally got out of Indianapolis last night and are here today to take on the Miami Heat. With that in mind, we want to help you uh, get ready for the game tonight by bringing in Michael Wallace. He writes for ESPN.com. And covers the Miami Heat, also a contributor to the Heat Index. Good morning, Michael. We're glad to finally be here in Miami. Yeah, we, me too. I'm glad to live here in Miami when you consider everything else that's going on weather-wise around the country. But always a pleasure, man. Thanks for having me on. No doubt. Miami's off and running here again. Um, they've had a little bump in the road this season, but here seemingly in the last few games, they look more like the Miami Heat that we know late in the spring. Would you agree? They do. They have these stretches where, you know, two or three games, they, you know, they sort of just get by opponents. Um, sometimes they play uh, to the level of competition, and it really comes back to bite them. Um, we saw that in Sacramento during a recent West Coast trip where they lost uh, at Sacramento, and then they've struggled uh, the other night with Toronto. But they managed to, you know, pull out some victories and that kind of thing. This is a team that knows all it takes for them to uh, to win a game is to go on a nice spurt in the second half, and they can usually – uh, distance themselves from opponents because they have that kind of talent. So when you have LeBron James, you have that as a luxury, but it's also one of those things that they know that they still have to shore up some some areas of their game before they get to the playoffs. Michael, that's one of the things I love about the Miami Heat. They know themselves so well now. The core has been together long enough. But is there a new wrinkle to their personality this year? Is there something different in this season that perhaps you haven't seen in prior seasons? I think the depth and the fact that Eric Spolstra is going deeper into his rotation. I mean, you got to remember when he first took over for Pat Riley um, in 2008, everything that Pat Riley did was was something that Spolstra tried to copy. And, you know, when Pat would only play seven guys, a seven-man rotation in the regular season, that's what Eric Spolstra started off doing. But now when you see the kind of depth that this team has, I mean, you have Roger Mason Jr. and, you know, Michael Beasley, uh, those guys are basically your ninth and your tenth guys, and, and those are both proven guys in this league at this point. So when you're playing ten and sometimes eleven guys a night, uh, just to sort of get through these games, that shows you that the personality of this team is that look, you know, it, it truly is the next man up. There's going to be an opportunity for a guy to play, and I think that's what makes this team a little bit more unique than the last two or three versions of the Heat, is that they can go legitimately one through maybe 11 on their roster and uh, and not really uh, miss too much of a beat. The one through 11 depth that you're speaking of, is it enough to overcome the new powers in the East? And I know the East is down. We've talked about that ad nauseum on this program. But, right. Michael, when you look at what Indiana's been able to do, um, they pose the greatest threat. And I'm wondering if Miami feels like they're in a position to hold them off again one more time. 
they they do. They feel that way. I mean, the thing about it is that, and you guys are coming. I mean, you see the best two teams in the East in consecutive games, basically, and. So, so the Pelicans will really get a gauge of of what the East is like in terms of how how top heavy it is. But the bottom line is that Indiana has to psychologically get themselves to the point where they feel and they're confident that they're better than Miami. They're the team that still has to prove that they can get over the hump against the Heat. I, I know that was a seven game series. It was a slugfest. But when all the marbles were on the table, all the cars in the, in the middle of the table. I mean, Miami blew out blew them out in Game Seven. Um, so for all the talk about the size and and you know, the different things that Indiana can pose. You know, San Antonio did the same thing, had the same Heat team beat uh, in game six, and Miami ended up finding a way. So until Miami is in that situation where they're out of it, I mean, they're really not ever out of it, and they still feel like they're the team to beat in the East. Indiana can run away with the best record in the East and the number one seed, but Miami's won championships without being a number one seed. So until they can prove that they can put together consistent plans to beat Miami, uh, he still feel like that their matchup uh, issues, having LeBron James, being able to get calls when they need him in the fourth quarter, uh, will always give them a leg up over the Indiana Pacers. Michael Wallace from ESPN.com of the Heat Index is our guest here on the Black and Blue Report this morning. Michael, after tonight, I'll have pretty much seen all the elite teams in the NBA. And the question that I always ask myself or when I'm talking to David Wesley and others is, you know, which of these teams can sustain that big injury? Um and be okay. And I think that my question gets answered after I see each of these teams play. For example, if Portland lost uh, Lillard or Aldridge, would they be able to sustain a position near the top of the West? Same goes for San Antonio. After watching Indiana the other night, I think that they'll probably be okay if they were to lose even a Paul George. Is Miami in a position, though, that they can be one of these teams that if a significant injury comes along, they would be okay? Well, that's the crazy thing about Miami and the Heat is that they always have one of their guys, uh, you know, limited. You know, not, maybe not out, completely out of the lineup, but always limited. This is two straight years now where they've had to deal with Dwayne Wade being, you know, basically a little bit more than a part-time player. I mean, he's he's missed eight games already this season, um, you know, because of either knee injuries, soreness, or just trying to get rest and be proactive. So, they don't want to push him. And, and you know, the, the remarkable thing about the Heat is that LeBron James totally bucks that trend when it comes to the injury thing. I mean, this guy is, I mean, he's indestructible, it seems like. I mean, guys miss games for, he's already had two or three injuries this season that he probably should have sat out for maybe a game or two. And he's only missed one game. You know, I mean, one one game. And, uh, you know, from the back uh, spasms that, that acted up from the beginning of the season to the uh, sprained ankle to the growing uh, everything that he's dealt with, I mean, he's still out there. So I don't. I mean, you can't lose LeBron James and expect to still contend in the East, no doubt about it. But at, at the end of the day, they do have enough depth where you know when you have a Michael Beasley being able to buy into the system and produce. Eventually, you hope to have Greg Oden contribute. Um, they feel like they have enough uh, to be able to sustain and at least to manage uh, through the regular season if one of the big three guys get hurt. They've only been be- been e- beaten, excuse me, eight times. In the times that they've lost a game, what have teams been able to do? What is what has been the recipe uh, for upset against the Miami Heat? Well, there's two ways to beat Miami, and I don't think there's any secret here. Uh, you're either going to beat them, pound them, beat them up inside, be relentless in the paint. You got to have a guy that's going to be committed to going to the hole, uh, back to the basket. You know, just basically pummeling Miami down low. We saw, you know, uh, Demarcus Cousins do that. You know what I mean? We saw him, you know, just basically. Uh, turn into a man-child that night, and, and we've seen him do that before. So if you don't do it that way, 
then you better be able to knock down three-point shooting. And the other way to beat them is the way Stephen Curry and Golden State beat them the other night, which is just get hot from three-point range and uh, take advantage of them being over-aggressive. It's like the old football analogy. You know, how do you, uh, how do you basically combat a, a blitzing defense or a speedy defense? You know, you go reverse. You throw a reverse and get them working their momentum against them. And so if you can swing the ball, get to the weak side against Miami and knock down some open shots and have a nice shooter, uh, like a Eric Gordon or, or some of those guys uh, who can knock down shots, you can certainly catch them and, and beat them. But you have to be efficient with that shot uh, from distance or you have to be able to uh, be relentless inside. So if you can do one of those two things, uh, you have a chance to keep yourself in the game against the Heat. With the size problem that the New Orleans Pelicans have right now with Ryan Anderson out Jason Smith out, does that mean this is a tremendously large uh, challenge tonight for New Orleans in that sense? Well, it, you know what, I, I don't know, because I think, I think New Orleans, they have ball handlers. They have guys that can break you down off the dribble. You know, Tyreek Evans uh, is great. You know, Eric Gordon is a guy that can get it done. You know, you know obviously Drew Holiday is a guy that they've had problems with, and, and Holiday is not, you know, he, he doesn't, he knows what it's like to face the Heat. He's done it, you know, two, three times in the playoffs, you know, with Philadelphia when he was there. So I, I just saw Toronto come in here, and I looked at that roster, and I'm like, man, they don't have too much size. They don't have a whole lot of names that people recognize and, and established veterans, but they took Miami all the way down to the wire because they were relentless. They had good ball pressure. Uh, they played them up in an up-tempo and committed to playing up-tempo, and they ran the floor. And I think New Orleans has all of those characteristics, even though you know they're dealing with some injuries right now. So I wouldn't rule them out at, at all. I mean, I've, the Heat will let you stay around. They'll let you hang around. And that's one of the things that People always question why can't they be like the uh, the 72 win Bulls teams that just destroy teams, and why can't they be like those kind of guys? But this is a different era. This is a different team. They know that they know what they need to do just to win games, and but they will let you hang around. And New Orleans, I wouldn't count them out in this game tonight at all. Invariably, and I'm glad you brought up the the Bulls situation. Invariably, LeBron James and now de facto here the Miami Heat his team will always be compared to Michael Jordan and the run in the 90s that the Chicago Bulls had. Um, is that a motivating factor for this young group? So many of them were just children, basically, um, yeah. when, when that era was, uh, was in our minds. So do, do they, do they, are they motivated by a mark in history that they can leave? Are they aware of that? Is that what motivates this group? You know, at first I thought it did. I thought that all the talk about you know, trying to chase the Bulls and, and that kind of thing would, would really be something that uh, these guys that would drive these guys, but they they're already so confident and, and and comfortable in what their legacy is right now. I mean, it's it's funny because you know you hear Dwayne Wade talk about you know at the beginning of the season, if you remember, you know Kevin Durant said that Dwayne shouldn't be considered one of the top ten players in the league right now, and Dwayne sort of took that as a slight, which it was, and. You know, he really said, look, he came back and said, look, I have three rings at this point. Before you can get to a point where you criticize my standing, you got to win some championships. So they know that from a contemporary standpoint, they are the team of this era. They know that. And, um, you know, they don't feel like they have to chase the Bulls. Do they want to get this three-peat? Absolutely. Do they feel like this will be the special mark that, that will, you know, put this team uh, in the record books for, for a lifetime? Absolutely. Um, but at the end of the day, they already know that, what they've done and what they've accomplished, they feel like they've already exceeded expectations or have met expectations when they came together in 2010. So, you know, LeBron James has already got four MVPs. If he gets five, he's right there with Michael Jordan, uh, you know, one behind Jordan. Um, he knows where his status is, too. So this team is really, they're really self-aware. They know what their legacies are, and 
they're not going to allow themselves to be defined by the bull standard. They're going to they're going to try to set their own mark, and they did that, so to speak, with last year's 27 game winning streak. They weren't really crazy about that streak when it started, but by the time it hit 20, they realized that they were on the verge of doing something special. And I think those last seven games, they really tried to push it and, and try to catch the Lakers. So, yes, they 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 are aware of history, but but they also want to set their own mark. Pat Riley and Phil Jackson have both said over the years at different points how hard it is for an NBA team to repeat, let alone three-peat, because of the target on your back, because of the grind of the 82 games in the regular season. Do you think, Michael, uh, in Miami Heat fans' eyes, they realize how difficult this challenge is for their basketball teams to do this? I don't think fans ever truly get a grasp of it. You know, I I just – because I've talked to these guys, I've been around these guys, and – you know, just to, to to get into a game, just to get through, a, for instance, a Tuesday night game in Milwaukee in the middle of the season. I mean, it's hard to find motivation to do that kind of thing, and, and it's hard to be at your best um, when you're when you're traveling and when you're going through all the things um, on and off the court. When you know, this is not just a, your typical NBA team. This is a team that's always under the spotlight, always under. The, I found myself, you know, last night, yesterday, writing a story about LeBron James visiting a gun range, you know, in Miami and firing off military-style, you know, machine guns. And, you know, you typically don't have that kind of spotlight on everybody. And when you're having to deal with that on the court and off the court around the clock, you know, we all know the story a couple of weeks ago with Dwayne Wade, you know, fathering the child outside of his, you know, relationship with actress Gabrielle Union. That's another thing that these guys are dealing with and answering questions about as they're preparing for games. So just the mental grind of getting through uh, the challenges that they have to get through. Being this unique team is tough enough. And then when you put together two championships and you're going for a third where everybody in the league is gunning for you and making trades and changes to their rosters to suit themselves to beat you, I mean, that's difficult in itself. So fans don't really get that grasp, but I do think these players appreciate every step of the way. And that's why you see them enjoying the company of one another. That's why you see them doing the videos and you know, doing the gift exchanges and going out together on the roads and all of that kind of thing because they know this is a special moment and it may not last forever. Michael Wallace here with us on the Black and Blue Report. Michael, let me ask you a question, and I don't want you to take this the wrong way. Um, in being a beat reporter for a team like the Miami Heat, um, you, you mentioned some of the negative stories or stories that could become negative that come along the way, and, of course, there's always the good. You're covering a team that wins most often – uh, on a on any given night in the NBA, how do you, as a reporter, um, not get again? I don't want you to take this the wrong way. Not be starstruck or wrapped up yeah. in the power of this team, and at the yeah. same time remain objective. Is that a particular challenge that, that I even I don't know? No, it's you know what it's, it, that's a fair question. I mean, <laughs> you didn't have to clarify it as many times as you did. You know, I, I don't get offended by that at all. And but because it is a real issue, it it really is. I mean, I can look around. And I'm not going to call guys out, but I mean, there are two or three guys on this beat that cover this team every day that are, I mean, flat out homers. You know what I mean? They they are flat out publicists uh, for this team. I mean, you you know, they they everybody you know nobody wants to cover a team that's losing all the time and there's issues all the time and there's just miser- they're just miserable people to be around and you got to talk to these guys when they're losing. I was here when this team won 15 games and went 15 and 67 and had the worst record in franchise history. I remember that season distinctively. And and to me, that was one of the funnest seasons I've ever covered this team because you really got to so, see the character of these guys and you know how 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 they handle adversity. Um but when when they're winning like this, you can get a lot of cheerleaders, yes, you can get a lot of guys that 
you know, ask softball questions and don't really want to challenge these guys on certain things. You know, I, I remember in a, in the locker room the other night in Orlando, you know, LeBron James was being asked about his birthday and, you know, his gifts and all of those kind of things. And I popped in with a question about, hey, you had 12 turnovers in the last two games. What's going on? I mean, are, are you hurt or is it something else? And, you know, he sort of looked over like, man, you know, that's, that's, that's a different kind of question. And, uh, and it is. I mean, sometimes, so sometimes you still have to hold these guys accountable. I know that I'm covering greatness on a nightly basis. I know that I'm covering one of the top two or three greatest players that ever, ever played this game. I'm around Pat Riley. Uh, I covered him when they had Shaq here. So, yeah, it, it's easy to get starstruck sometimes, but at the end of the day, you do have a job to do, and you're not a publicist. You're a reporter. You have to uh, hold these guys accountable when they when they aren't playing well and, and give them credit when they do. So it's just a balancing act, and I've covered enough stuff outside of sports in my life to really know how to bring sort of that balance to the job. Well, I know that you probably got digital media working for you too. So, Michael, how can folks follow you on Twitter? <laughs> you know, people give me a hard time for my Twitter handle because I need to shorten it, but it's it's at Wallace. NBA underscore ESPN, Wallace NBA underscore ESPN. That's how you follow me on Twitter. And on the heat index, I mean, excuse me, on the uh, ESPN.com main page, click the heat index, and that will take you to all the information, all the blogs, all the columns, all the video and podcasts and everything we do uh, to cover this uh, unprecedented, uniquely team, unique team uh, down here in Miami. Good stuff, Michael. Honest, candid, I love it. Um, We'll see you tonight (laughs) at the arena. Hey, thanks a lot, man. Hopefully you'll thaw out by then and uh, and we'll have a good time. Yeah, I think so. Michael Wallace from ESPN.com. He writes and covers for the uh, Miami Heat down here in Miami. The Pelicans are at the Heat tonight. That's a uh, 6.30 central tip-off tonight. Coverage, of course, not only on Fox Sports New Orleans, but on the uh, Pelicans radio network as well. Michael, Happy New Year to you. I appreciate it and uh, enjoy this ride and uh, remain to remain to be objective. And I appreciate that. That makes me feel refreshed and ready to go. <laughs> no problem. Take care, man. Michael Wallace here on the Black and Blue Report. More on this wonderful Tuesday program from Miami in just a moment. Your mission, win your share of up to $3 million in free play and prizes. M-Life presents License to Thrill, only at Beau Rivage. You could win a trip to London, even a new Mercedes E350. Drawings every Thursday and Saturday. Up to 800 winners. So play for the thrill. License to thrill. You belong at the Bow. CM Life Desk for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-777-9696. Your New Orleans Pelicans take flight on Wednesday, January 8th when the Washington Wizards come to town. Tip-offs at 7 p.m. with the Pelicans Fest pregame block party getting underway at 5.30 with live music, the Zataran Season Ticket Garden, and interactive games for the kids. Tickets start as low as $11 and are available by calling 504-525-HOOP or visiting pelicans.com today. Pelicans.com and NewOrleansSaints.com. Your first stop when following your teams. Welcome back to our mobile studio, a.k.a. my hotel room in Miami, Florida, where tonight the Heat and the Pelicans go at it. Our coverage begins tonight on the Pelicans Radio Network at 6.30 Central Time for the 7 o'clock, uh, 7.30 tip-off. You can also catch uh, the television broadcast, of course, on Fox Sports New Orleans with Joel Myers and David Wesley. We'll look forward to that, and then we'll see you all at home tomorrow night when the uh, Washington Wizards are in town. Our special thanks today to uh, Hoda Kotb from NBC. 
for joining us and to uh, Michael Wallace, too, from ESPN.com. And we thank you for joining us today on this uh, chilly Tuesday across the country. We're uh, very excited about the weekend to come with the New Orleans Saints. We'll have plenty of coverage later on today at NewOrleansSaints.com for you. And then tomorrow we'll really ramp it up with our uh, panel of experts on the Black and Blue Reports. That will come your way just after noon central tomorrow. Help us spread the word of this podcast for the Saints and Pelicans fans. It is the Black and Blue Report. can be found on NewOrleansSaints.com, Pelicans.com, iTunes, and, of course, easily through the two team apps, the Pelicans app and the Saints app, too. Thanks to Daniel Sowerson, our producer at Studio B in New Orleans today. And uh, we'll look forward to hearing uh, from you tonight, perhaps on Twitter, as the Heat and Pelicans go at it. Twitter account for the Black and Blue Report is at Black Blue Report. And you can follow me wherever I am, following the Saints and the Pelicans, at Sean Kelly Live. Until tomorrow on the Black and Blue Report, or tonight from American Airlines Arena, I'm Sean Kelly. So long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report. As one Entergy customer to another, I have a tip for you. Download the free Entergy app. If my power goes out, I check the app. The outage maps let me know what's happening and when to expect my lights back on. It also makes it easy to pay my bill and manage my account, all right from my smartphone. Download the app today or visit EntergyApp.com for more information. Giving me control in the palm of my hand? That's the power of people. Entergy. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money.